Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Download or out, Sealing God's People for our daily podcast focusing on the present proceeding Word of God. We're going to be talking today about resurrection versus the glorification of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we get into the Word today, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, thou art come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. Jesus is progressively glorifying his human back to himself. For God was in Christ reconciling the world back into himself. We pray in Christ said, be reconciled to God. And he goes on and says, As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and, which is in the Greek, kai, which means and, or even, even Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Key verse, John 17, 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self. Very key. With the glory I had with you before the world was. In the beginning, all things were created by Christ Jesus. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. All things were made by him, whether it be dominions, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible, seen and unseen, all were made by Jesus Christ, the creator. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. As Bereshit, Barah, Elohim, eight. Hashemayim, Bayat, Hayertz. That eight is the Alav Tav, which is the Alpha to the Omega, the A to the Z of everything that God is, and that is Jesus Christ. We're going to see that here in Philippians, the second chapter, Paul giving us insight how God works salvation in and of himself alone. That's right, neighbor. You heard it right. Not a second person of the Godhead, even though there will be a differentiation between the Father and the Son in the days of his flesh because he's going under the law. To fulfill the law, that middle wall of partition and break it down, that veil, that is to say his flesh, thereby making down, breaking down that middle wall of partition, making peace and one new man. God working salvation in and of himself alone. And Paul said, let this man be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. Form is morpha. God is a spirit. Jesus is that spirit. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal, equal with God. In what? All of his attributes. He is love. He is power. He is wisdom. He's understanding. He's prudence. He's all these things. Jesus is equal to and with God in all attributes. Not made equal, being equal. Made himself of no reputation. God himself, not the Son of God. God himself of no reputation. This no reputation is the kenosis, a and emptying out of oneself to make void. And why is he doing that? Because in Romans 5, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offense is of one, so also the free gift is of one. As sin reigned by death, now, even so, grace will reign through righteousness. And the righteousness of God by faith is that Jesus said, who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So he made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself and took upon him, God himself, the form, and that is morpha again, an eternal state of being of a servant. Now Isaiah 43, 10, the prophet is going to speak the same thing in Isaiah as Paul is saying here to the church at Philippi. In Isaiah 43, 
Verse 10, you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And my servant whom I have chosen. Who is that servant? Well, most of the dominant church world tells us that's the second person of the Godhead, God Jr., Spirit Jr., but uh, that is not what the Lord declared is a true witness of God. He stated, you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, Isaiah 43, verse 10, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer. Not a second person of the Godhead there. And you'll see in Isaiah 43, 15, the Holy One of Israel. When the devils came and saw Jesus, they said, we know thee who thou art. You're the Holy One of Israel. No Holy Trinity doesn't exist. And being found in fashion, fashion as a man, God literally making himself of no reputation, taken on the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, was found in fashion as a man, Emmanuel, God with us, not son of God with us, God with us. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Now, wherefore God hath highly exalted him, the man Christ Jesus, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, that is Jehovah, is salvation, G is Jehovah sus is salvation. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in the earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's Kyrios. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, Yahweh. Jehovah, the self-existent, eternal Spirit of God, to the glory, not of the Son, but of God the Father. Let's see what that means to us. Well, 1 Peter 1, verse 10, 11, it's the doctrine of Christ. And Peter says, and he's already seen that rock. He has given the keys to the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 16. When Jesus said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Well, that's the kingdom office. John 3, 13, no man hath ascended up to heaven, Jesus stated, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. That's the kingdom office, Jesus ahead, we the body of the Christ. But there's a redemption office of the Son of God. Then there's administrative office of the Spirit, the Father. There is uh, uh, the Logos, the Word, which is the expression office of the Spirit of God, showing His thought, plan, purpose, and will. And there's a power office of that same Spirit, the Holy Ghost. But it's one and the self, same Spirit, not a Spirit Junior. Now, Peter talked about that in Matthew 16. Jesus asked that who do men say that a son of man am? Says, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. But Jesus said, but who do you say I am? Asking his disciples. They said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. They sat Simon bar, John, my flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter, Petros, upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Once you bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Loose upon earth, shall be loosed in heaven. There Peter will be the administrator. On the day of Pentecost, he has the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now he writes an epistle for us. In 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, he goes on and gives us what this Christ is of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Peter talking. Who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you? The prophets inquired. That's, that's Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi. Have inquired and searched diligently. Who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you? This dispensation of grace, of which dispensation we're in now, grace reigning through righteousness, Romans 5. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ. Notice that. Christ is that Spirit, capital S. God is the Spirit. Christ is God. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is the Father of glory. Which was in them. 
It wasn't Moses that was prophesying. It was the Christ through him. Same with Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, etc., all the way, the matter prophets through Malachi. The spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Now notice that's not Christ Jr. Christ the Spirit is going to make himself of no reputation, take on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. That's Christ, is Christ the Spirit, is Christ the man, and the Spirit in the Son of God is the same as the Father. That is the, that is the revelation of Christ, and you'll see that in 1 Peter verse 10 and 11. Now we know that Christ is God, and Christ is the man. Then John 16, 7, watch what he says when Jesus is uh, in the earth, and he's working salvation for us, the Lamb of God, the perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. Jesus says, nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It's expedient or better for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, that is the Holy Ghost, notice that's a capital C, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, Jesus stated to his disciples, I'm going to pray the Father to send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not and neither knoweth him. But you knowing, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you, I will not leave you comfortless. Jesus said, I'll come to you. Well, we see that Jesus stated here that he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. What is that? That's the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Because, why? Jesus, the man, was not yet glorified. Not resurrected, but glorified. So he has to be glorified in order to send us the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus, because he said, while I'm with you in the world, I am with you and I abide with you. He said to them, then I'll pray the Father send another comforter. He's in his humiliated state. He's one of us. He's our kinsman redeemer. But he said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it saith him not neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Jesus says a profound statement. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Well, here we have Jesus, that is the creator of all, just as we said in Colossians 1, 26, 27. Even the mystery which has been head from ages in Colossians 1, 16 and 17, he created all things, dominions, thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible, all things created by him and for his good pleasure. We go on now to Colossians 1, 26 and 27 is what is this mystery of godliness? What is this mystery of Christ? Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. Paul said, but now it's made manifest to his saints, those that are sanctified holy, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. That's the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Many people call it the Holy Spirit, the Numa, which is nothing wrong with that because the Holy Ghost is the Holy Spirit. But when we say ghost, it denotes blood. The ghost is the spirit of a person. And it gives Jesus the glory that he died, buried, and rose again. And in his name, when you preach that name, you do intend to bring his blood upon uh, us, they said in the book of Acts. The blood name of God is Jesus. The revealed name of God is Jesus. And that is the Holy Ghost, uh, that ghost being uh, denoting the blood. Max 20, 28, take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost, as, as the Holy Ghost has given you, which he had purchased with his own blood. Whose blood is it? Well, that God had put over you as shepherds uh, over the body of Christ, take care of yourself and over all the flock which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased. With what? His own blood. That Holy Ghost denotes the blood, the spirit of a person. That is Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. 
And there we find that in Colossians 1, 26 and verse 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now let's take a look who that is. Well, in Ephesians 4, verse 4 through 6, we call it the oneness chapter. There's one body, one spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Watch this next verse. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and what? And in you all. The Father is in us. Who is that? That's the Holy Ghost. Who is that? That's the Son that is now glorified with the Father's own self. Let's take that and see it in Scripture. When we see in John 20, verse 17, Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not. Mary has come to the sepulcher. Mary Magdalene. The first day of the week, being early in the morning before, before sunrise, even still dark. And she comes there and she sees the tomb is empty. And she supposedly seeing the gardener says, Sir, where have you taken him? Then he says, Mary. Then she knows it's the Lord. Now, the Lord then says, there she latches on. Jesus, she touches him, means to hold on to him. Not going to let him go. Jesus saith unto her, to Mary, touch me not. Don't hold me back. For I am not yet ascended. I haven't gone away yet to my father. But go to the brethren and say unto them, I ascend, where? Unto my father. I go to my father, and he states, and your father, and to my God, and your God. That's where he's going, John 20, verse 17. Now, when we get to the next verse, we're going to see John 20, verse 19 and 20, the same day at evening. Now, it was morning when Mary Magdalene came to him at that break of dawn, supposing he had been the gardener, and then at evening, there the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst. The doors were bolted. The windows were shut. They were, they were bolted because of fear of the Jews. They wanted to make sure nobody would come in. And Jesus came in and stood in the midst, letting us know he came through the walls. He came through the door, even though it was bolted. And saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Now we know that that was that week, the same day in the evening, and we're going to find that Didymus, that is, uh, uh, Thomas was not there. We're going to see he comes again another week. Now, Jesus said unto them, Peace be unto you as my Father has sent me, so send I you. Now, in John 20, verse 21 through 23, he said when he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus is resurrected. Mary came to the tomb first day of the week, first thing in the morning, supposing uh, the gardener had taken away the body of Jesus, and then Jesus said, Mary. She knew it was the Lord. Then at evening, he walks in among the disciples in a bolted room, completely shut. And then he says to them, as there, Peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive you the Holy Ghost. Now, when Jesus resurrected from the, from, the, uh, from the grave, from the tomb, there, his resurrection, he was not yet glorified because we see he tells Mary, Don't touch me, don't hold me back, for I go to my God, your God, my Father, and your Father, I have not yet ascended. I haven't gone to him yet. Now, he says some, some marvelous things here. Whosoever sends you remit, they're remitted unto them. And whosoever sends you retain, they are retained. And that's through the Holy Ghost, not through an individual having power to forgive sins. But Thomas, now watch this. One of the 12, called Didymus, 
the twin, was not with them when Jesus came that first time. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and my put my finger in the print of the, of the nails, I said it twice, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. He's going to see, have to see in his hands the print of the nails, the print of the nails in the other hand, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. After eight days, that's the week later, again his disciples were within, same room, and Thomas with them, and they came to Jesus. Here again, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said again, Peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. What did Thomas say? Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. He recognized the resurrected Jesus Christ is his Lord and God. But he hasn't ascended yet. But he has a glory. He has a resurrected body. He can walk through walls. He can actually come through a wall. He's on the road to Emmaus and he vanishes. As long as he's there abiding in the earth and seen alive after his passion for 40 days, he has not yet ascended to the Father. There we're going to find it's when he ascends to the Father and only then will he see the promise of the Spirit. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 40 through 45, it talks about the resurrection. And we're going to be resurrected because he lives, we're going to live. And this and Paul says, now look, there's also celestial bodies and terrestrial, heavenly and earthly bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So maybe the same substance, but there's a difference in the glory. They're created, yes, but they're different in glory. And he talks about, so is the resurrection of the dead. It's sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Watch this. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. We will have a spiritual body as we have worn the earthly. We will also where the heavenly Paul tells us. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. He's letting us know there's a change that's going to come. Now, he goes to the first and the last Adam. The first Adam, of course, we read about, you have formed of the dust of gown, God breathed into him uh, the breath of life, and he became a living soul. This is what Paul is stating here. But we want to take a look at this last Adam. And uh, sin, the death reigned, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam, of who was a figure of him that was to come. And we find here, so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made, he's a living soul. Who's this last Adam? Was made a quickening spirit, not a spiritual man, Somebody said, well, we're going to say it's a spiritual man because there's a spiritual body before that. Yes, that's for us. But Adam, the last Adam, Jesus Christ himself was made a quickening spirit. That's the reason he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I, the promise of the comforter, I will come to you. That's a promise of Jesus coming as spirit. Take a look. Philippians 3, verse 20 and 21 for our conversation is in heaven from which also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall change our vile body, corruptible body, that it may be fashioned like unto his what? Glorious body, not the spirit. We'll never be the spirit of God. But we will have a spiritual body. According to the working whereby, he's able to subdue all things unto himself. Philippians 3 uh, verse 20 and 21. Now, as we go on in 1 John 3, verse 1 and 2, John tells us, 
Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should now be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's a glorified body looking for the Titus 2.13, looking for the glory supreme of a great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, what does it mean to us? And let's take a look at Luke 24, verse 25 through 27. Jesus said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, he's, he's resurrected, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ, that is the man, Christ Jesus, have suffered these things and enter into his glory. What glory? Enter into Christ's glory. In other words, this is the man, Christ Jesus, and here is the Spirit. The Spirit made himself of no reputation, took on the, him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. But then after he suffered these things, fulfilled, uh, the, uh, they fulfilled that law, then he took the ordinance of the law, nailed it to his cross, broke down the middle wall of partition, and went back what? He entered in back into his glory as spirit. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures things concerning himself. And we find in Hebrews says that uh, at, in the volume of the book, it's written to me, Jesus speaking. It's written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. Therefore, search the scripture, for in them we think we have eternal life, and these are they that testify of Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation. There we see that in the resurrection, he has a glorified, or he has a body. But then he's going from a glorified body to the spirit in his ascension. Let's take a look. In Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, it talks about a mystery. And this mystery, which most of the normal churches do not preach or teach on the doctrine of Christ, that Christ is that spirit. Christ is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. Christ is the Son of God. Christ is the Son of Man. Christ is all offices of the Spirit of God. Let's take a look. Colossians 2, verse 1, I would uh, that you knew what great conflict I have for you for them at Laodicea and for as many as not see my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Those are not three. God is Father. Christ is the Father. Christ is God. They are one in the self-same spirit. In whom, notice it's singular here, in whom are hid. Why would God hide it? Because only those of a pure heart will see it. When you search for God with all your heart is the day you will find him. In whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, he goes on and says about in the last days uh, there will be an antichrist, something in lieu of Christ. This I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I'm with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Because Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar but he the night that Jesus is Christ? He is Antichrist, something in lieu of Christ. Why? Because he has denied both the Father and the Son. Why the Father? Because Christ is the Father, that eternal Spirit of God, before the foundation of the world has always been God. And he's also that sufferings of Christ, when he made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of of man. Christ the man is Christ the Spirit, Emmanuel, God with us, not Son of God with us. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, who is he? The Lord Jehovah God Almighty. So walk you in him, rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through, through philosophy and vain deceit, saying there's three when there's only one. After the tradition of men, Somebody said, don't you know, 
that the Nicene Creed, the Council of Nicaea, stated there was a trinity? Yes, we know that. There's no three persons of God. There's holy one. There's only one person of God. The expressed image of his singular person, Hebrews 1, 3, of Jesus Christ. And that it's after the rudiments of this world. It's not after this doctrine of Christ. For in him, one person, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, bodily, one body. That is the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. In him is all fullness of everything God is, was, or ever will be. Now, as we take a look at the scriptures, and we see here that we must not miss the mark. Take a look at John 16. Now, he states there, these things have I spoken to you. And he says there that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh. Now, what's this? Whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. Now, that's calling evil good and good evil. And Jesus said, and these things will they do unto you. Why? Because they have not known the Father nor me. Why? Because that is Christ. All that is Christ, one and the same, same spirit. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not to you at the beginning because I was with you. But watch it. Now I go my way to him, to his father, that sent him. What he said, his word, said his word was made flesh. And none of you asking me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, Jesus telling us that that Comforter, the Holy Ghost, is coming. Well, we need to know who that is. Keep on with John 16. And when he has come, the Holy Ghost, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Why do we see Jesus? He said, you will see me no more after the flesh. You won't know me after the flesh, but after the Spirit, because Jesus is that Spirit. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, now notice Jesus is still here in his humiliated state. He's still under the law, so he's speaking as our kinsman of Redeemer, and he will talk of his Father, my Father. He hasn't been glorified yet going and ascending to the Father yet. He's still in a humiliated state, not in his glorified state. I bet when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into some truth. No, all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, he's hearing from the Father, that shall he speak and he will show you things to come. What is that? He shall glorify what? He shall glorify me, Jesus said, for he shall receive a mind and show it unto you. We keep going there with it. And he said, all things that the Father hath are mine. How can that be? Well, he said, therefore said I, that he shall take a mind and show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. Now that seems like double talk. But in Matthew 16, Verse 27, we find that Jesus will come in the glory of the Father. Not the glory of the Son, the glory of the Father. Looking for the glory supreme of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Titus 2.13. But notice that he states there in the very next verse, Matthew 16, verse 28, and he said, Some of you standing here will not taste of death until you see the Son of Man coming, coming in his kingdom. Well, we know Jesus is carried, uh, hung himself, his bowels gushed out. He was not there. But for the most part, most of the disciples were still alive when Jesus came on the day of Pentecost, which is the promise of the Father saith he, you've heard of me. That's Jesus come. Well, let's take a look and let's find scriptures on that. And he said, he's going to, you're going to see me now a little while. You shall not see me because he's going to the Father, then a little while and you shall see me. Why? Because I'm coming in the power of the Holy Ghost, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, what is this that he saith to us? A little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. 
They said, therefore, what is this that he said? A little while. We cannot tell what he said. Now, Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said to them, do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while and you shall not see me? And again, a little while and you shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. He goes on and says, and explains it. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow, birth pangs, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day, watch it here, and in that day when he comes, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatever, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, that a name that he obtained, the name, what name of God, the redemptive name of God, the revealed name of God, Jesus, the only name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved, Acts 4, 12, he will give it you. Now, he says, hitherto have you asked nothing in my name, and Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. And remember the joy of the Lord, your strength. These things have I spoken to you in Proverbs. Now watch it. Proverbs, hard, deep sayings. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs. I'm not going to speak to you there. But I will show you plainly of the Father. I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. At that day, that day when he's glorified with the Father's own self, not the second advent, that Holy Ghost, Pentecostal experience, in Acts 2, 4, 12 and tongues of fire, seven, each one of them, they received the Holy Ghost. Jesus came. It's a promise of the Father which saith he, you've heard of me. At that day you shall ask what? In my name, not Father in my name, but ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. I'm not praying the Father for you, because why? He goes on and states, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father. He's the Word, same Spirit, came into the world. Again, I leave the world and I go not beside the Father, but to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and you speak no proverb. Why? Now we are sure that thou knowest all things. You know all things, Jesus, when asked, when you're coming. He said, no man knows the hour of the day of my coming. Not the angels, not even the Son of God, but he said, only my Father. Now he says, the disciples, knowing that he is glorified with the Father's own self, said, now we know that you know all things because the Father's given you everything. You're glorified with the Father's own self. And needest not that any man should ask thee. But then by this we believe that thou camest forth from God and you went back to God. And of course Jesus said, do you now believe the house coming? Yea, is now come that you shall be scattered every man to his own. He's talking about going to the cross. Here in Acts 1 Verse 4, being assembled together with them, commanded them, Jesus talking, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Well, what is the Father? Well, the Father's Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, what is that mystery of God and the Father and of Christ? Well, the Father's going to be in you. That's Christ, which is the Spirit of the Son of God, which is one Spirit. Not two, not three, not a second person of the Godhead. Wait for the promise which saith he, you've heard of me. John truly baptized water, but you shall be baptized with what? The Holy Ghost. What's the Holy Ghost? It's Christ, the Spirit of God. It's the Son of God. It is the Father of glory, not many days hence. Watch, somebody said, well, I always thought that it was two different persons at least. Well, look at Galatians 4, 6. Paul talking. And Galatians 4, verse 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth a son made of a woman, made in under the law. 
to redeem us that were under the law. Now look at Galatians 4, 6. Because you are sons, God has sent forth what? The Spirit. The Spirit of what? The Spirit of His Son. For the Son of God is now Spirit into your hearts crying what? Abba, Father. One and the same Spirit. There we see that Jesus Christ is that Spirit in glorification. 1 John 5, 20, and we know that the Son of God has come. The Son of God has come. The Holy Ghost. Why? Because He has sent forth the Spirit of His Son. In His humiliation, He was a man. In His glorification, He's the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true, and we are in Him that is true, even in what? His Son, Jesus Christ, while we're in the Father, we're in, this is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols, amen. Without knowing and giving Jesus that glory, we're in idolatry. Well, why? First Timothy 2, 5 and 6. Well, there's one God, one mediator. Somebody said, ah, there's a mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom ball to be testified in due time. First Timothy 2, verse 5 and 6. Let's take a look at it. Hebrews 9, 15, for this cause, he is the what? He is the mediator of the what? New Testament. The will by that by means of death. It's talking about Jesus and his dying on the cross for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Well, that's the death on the cross. That's the reason why he is the mediator of that new covenant. Likewise, look at Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. Who is this mediator? Who is this intercessor? Likewise, the Spirit. Take a look at that. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession. Who's interceding for us? The Spirit of God with groanings which cannot be uttered. And He, that is Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, searcheth the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Who's our intercessor? The Spirit of God. That's Jesus Christ our Lord. Take a look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and spake of them, saying, All power, and Holy Ghost power, is given unto who? Unto me, the Son of God. That power of the Holy Ghost is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's not the name. The name of the Father is Jesus. You see that in John 17. Father, I manifested your name. Keep through your own name those that thou hast given me. What's the Son's name? Nobody will refute that. The Son of God is Jesus Christ. What's the Holy Ghost? I'll send the Holy Ghost what? In my name. What's the name of the Father and Son the Holy Ghost? Peter, having that great revelation, there's only one said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name, singular, of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. No contradiction. It's exactly the same because he's had the revelation. And Peter had that revelation there given to him from the Lord himself in Matthew 16. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. How is he with us? He's with us in the Holy Ghost, the Father in us, the Son of God in us, the Spirit of God in us, the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you crucified. Let's make sure we've got the man. Who is this man now? He's both Lord, that's Kyrios in the Greek, and Yahweh or the Tetragrammaton, the yod or Yehovah or Yahweh, and the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the self-existent eternal Spirit of God and Christ the Holy Ghost. That Jesus is that Christ now in you, the hope of glory. Take a look at 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. Who is he? Which in time past he shall show. Who is the blessed and only what? Potentate. That's the omnipotent, the almighty. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Who is he? Who only hath immortality? 
dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. We'll never be God, but he is. We can see that very plainly there. Well, Revelation 1, 7 and 8. Jesus, behold, he come of the clouds and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierce him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am, he says, Alpha and Omega. That's the aloft through the top. That's the A to the Z of everything God is. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. That's the Lord Jesus, which is and which was and which is to come. He is the almighty God. There is but one spirit. Jesus is that spirit. You'll see that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 3. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We all with open face beheld as in a glass of the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Christ in you, Jesus in you. And take a look here, Acts 22, verse 4 through 8. Paul talked about Acts 9, his conversion on the Damascus Road. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering presence both into prison, both men and women. And also the high priest doth bear me witness on all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem far to be punished. And it came to pass that I was, uh, as I made my journey, and was come nigh unto Damascus, about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light, round about me. This is greater than the sun. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, so powerful was that light, it knocked him to the ground. And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Not us, me. And I answered, who art thou, Lord? There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of us all and in us all. Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, the man that was the kinsman redeemer that died, rose again, and now glorified back with the Father's own self. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecuted. Did he see a man in the way? No, the Spirit of God. God is lightening him as no darkness at all. He saw that great light. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, well, there I think you can see in Revelation 3.21, to him that overcometh will I grit to sit. Notice it's S-I-T, positional, with me in my throne. Even as I over, also overcame. Jesus overcame, yes. And I am S-I-T, no, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory. It is that, that believing in God which is stative, a state of being, not trans not transitional, not transitory. I, where I am set, S-E-T, always has been God, will be God, set down with my Father in, not around it, not beside it, in his throne. Well, neighbor, tune into our podcast there, Sailing God's People. There's a whole lot more in the, in the Law and the Prophets and Psalms, all of it's Jesus. Also the Gospels of and the epistles there all the way to the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's one true God in eternal life. There's one God. Uh, we find there's one body and one spirit, not two, not three, not a spirit junior. Ephesians 4 says and states that Paul tells us there's one body, one spirit, and whom we're calling one hope of our calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, uh, who's above all the Father of us all and in us all. As Jesus Christ, the Son of God has come and give us an understanding of him that is true. God has sent forth the spirit of his Son. In his humiliation, he was a humble man and went to the cross, the perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. In his glorification, in his resurrection, he had a glorified body. He hadn't ascended yet, couldn't give the Holy Ghost yet. He breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Ghost. But they wouldn't receive it until he ascended up to God, seen alive after his passion for 40 days, as many as five, 500 brethren at one time. And then he said, wait for the promise. 
of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What power? Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth is given to me. I'm coming to you. He is the Holy Ghost. Neighbor, there is uh, that difference between the resurrection. He's a glorified body. And in that resurrection, that is our spiritual body like unto Jesus, our vile body fashioned like in his glorious body. But in his ascension, he went to the Father there, and we see it in Deuteronomy 32 in the law, in the Pentateuch. He said, is this not sealed up among my treasures? For the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil when he sees their powers gone. There's none shut up or lip. See now that I am God and there is none other. I know not any, neither is there any other God beside me. I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. Shall there be evil in the city? And now the Lord God has not done it. Who is that? It's the Lord uh, Jesus Christ and him alone. This is a Jesus only doctrine. We must turn back to the true revelation of Christ, the eternal spirit of God, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit of God. He loved us. He took on the form of a servant to die. He took the ordinance of the law, the ordinance of that law, nailed it to his cross after he kept it from being tested and tried at every point like as we are yet without sin. But then he nailed it to his cross, broke down the middle wall of partition, thereby the twain making one new man, thereby making peace. Who is that new man? Well, in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, that first Adam was made a living soul. That last Adam was made a quickening Spirit, that spirit that maketh alive. And if the spirit that dwells in Christ Jesus also dwells in you, it shall also quicken. There's that quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. It shall also quicken or make alive your mortal body. Well, there you have it, friend. We want to cordially invite you to be a part of the ministry here with us. The DBM ministry team is called uh, their to Africa, India. We have over a thousand ministers in Africa alone. They've come out of a false trinity doctrine to a true one, God, Jesus, only doctrine. God dealing with many denominal people throughout the world right now in a global revelation of Jesus Christ, not just asking Jesus to come into your heart, but sanctification of the Spirit, belief of the truth. Those are the ones that know that there is a leading of the Spirit of God that must be obeyed under righteousness unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Call me, contact me, let's work together. Well, now the, the information is on the screen. Those who listen by the podcast, simply send me your email at sealing.speople at dennisbeard.org. That is sealing.speople at dennisbeard.org is my email. Or you can contact me at dennisbeard.org and you're at sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com and jcic.tv. Well, there, download the podcast. Be with us daily on our uh, daily podcast on this present proceeding word of God by which every man believer lives thereby. Now, we're praying for each one of you that, that God will perfect that which is lacking in all of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.